Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting. They can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1924. The one question successful investors always ask themselves by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. We're gonna get right to today's post as we optimize your life. The one question successful investors always ask themselves by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. Imagine taking a six-hour flight from New York to Los Angeles, but right before taking off, you learn the airline has a new policy. Reclining your seat is negotiable. This poses two questions. First, how much are you, the recliner, willing to pay the person behind you, the reclinee, in order to push your seat back four inches? Second, what does your legroom cost the reclinee? Researchers ran an experiment and found that recliners were only willing to pay about $12 to recline, while reclinees weren't willing to sell their legroom for less than $39. The difference can be explained by what behavioral economists call the endowment effect, where a person places more value on what they have than on what they don't have. So if you were the reclinee, your legroom is $27 more valuable than your neighbor's simply because it belongs to you. In his book, Stumbling on Happiness, the psychologist and author Daniel Gilbert explains how the endowment effect is woven throughout our lives. He writes, quote, consumers evaluate kitchen appliances more positively after they buy them. Job seekers evaluate jobs more positively after they accept them. And high school students evaluate colleges more positively after they get into them, end quote. In other words, a toaster, a job, and a university are all shiny and lovely. But once they become ours, they instantly become shinier and lovelier. You're probably thinking that placing more value on the things we already have is harmless behavior, but it cuts both ways. For example, it doesn't help when you hold on to a losing investment. This happens all the time. Investors think about what price they paid for a stock or where it was six months ago, and then try to figure out their chances of getting back to even. 
In reality, investments don't care what price you paid. And the other factor working against investors is an aversion to loss. It's been shown we feel losses about two and two and a half times more than we feel gains. To say that another way, we like gains, but we hate losses. This phenomenon has been used to explain why golfers do significantly better when putting to save par than when putting to make birdie. In short, golfers like birdies, but they hate bogeys. So investors have two powerful forces working against them. They fall in love with the investments they own because they own them, and they hate taking losses. This is what keeps investors hanging on to terrible investments for years, losing out on potential gains. To avoid this trap, here's the one question successful investors always ask themselves about each investment they own. If I didn't own this stock or bond today, would I still buy it now? If the answer is no, sell. And if the answer is yes, don't sell. It's as simple as that. Warren Buffett echoed this very idea when he wrote in his 1996 annual letter to shareholders, quote, if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes, end quote. In his 1998 annual letter, he wrote, quote, we made major purchases of federal home loan mortgage, PFD, Freddie Mac, and Coca-Cola. We expect to hold these securities for a long time. In fact, when we own portions of outstanding businesses with outstanding managements, our favorite holding period is forever, end quote. Yet in 2000, he sold his Freddie Mac shares. Buffett wrote in his annual letter later that year, quote, we try therefore to keep our estimates conservative and to focus on industries where business surprises are unlikely to wreak havoc on owners. Even so, we make many mistakes. I'm the fellow, remember, who thought he understood the future economics of trading stamps, textiles, shoes, and second-tier department stores, end quote. When you sell, you should be refining how you invest and improving your ability to make better decisions. As a result, your portfolio should improve. It's so easy for investors to get paralyzed when selling, especially when looking at a loss, but all that really matters is that your money is invested as best as it possibly can be. And that means constantly assessing your investments. Like billionaire Sam Zell once said, quote, anytime you don't sell, you buy, end quote. Research shows it's not natural for us to think this way. We have a tendency to focus on what we're losing instead of what we're gaining. It's why we stay in losing investments and toxic jobs and bad relationships. We think, I'll do it differently next time. The thing is, there is no next time. You don't get a chance to do it over. You just listened to the post titled, The One Question Successful Investors Always Ask Themselves by Chris Reining of chrisreining.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. 
In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. This article reminded me a lot of the sunk cost fallacy where we will continue down a trajectory we're on just because we've already invested so much into it. And this can sneak into our lives in so many ways. And not just the sunk cost of money, but sunk costs around time and energy come to mind for me. Admittedly, I tend to overcomplicate things and get attached to ideas, even when new information begs me to let the idea go. So for example, When I was in the earlier stages of planning the economy conference, which is an event I produce, I originally wanted to sell tickets through a Kickstarter campaign. I thought it would be good for marketing purposes, and I know some other people who were successful with Kickstarter on similar projects. I did a ton of research. I told everyone about my plans. I interviewed multiple filmmakers to produce an awesome video, and overall, I was pretty attached to this idea. However, It was going to be a huge investment of time and money. And through exploring the idea further, I discovered there were multiple reasons why it probably wouldn't work out as well as I originally thought. It was a tough decision to make, but I ultimately ditched the Kickstarter plan and just opened up ticket sales through Eventbrite. It was a difficult decision because I was so invested in my original idea, and I was tempted to just dismiss all that I had learned along the way and just do the Kickstarter anyway. But in the end, I'm glad I didn't let the sunk cost fallacy drive that decision. And that's a wrap for another Monday show. Have a great start to your week, and I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.